which is released in 2020 uh driving license and ishq which were both released in 2019 each of these three films could very easily be reduced to the same log log line which is basically ego conflicts between two men but realistically these films give us very very different cinematic experiences and very very different perspectives on how the fault lines of power break when uh the male ego is involved uh and so uh that's kind of going to be the focus of the discussion today it's going to be slightly different and so wanted to set that context up front uh so talking about uh two of the films specifically driving license and ishq are two of our pod regulars ananta and adi hey ananta hey adi hi hey adi and uh joining us today to to speak about ayapunam koshiyam is a very very special guest deepthi her twitter handle is at dingax1983 so thanks so much for making time to join us oh, uh, thank you for inviting me by the way uh, this is uh, at complicated with deepak who is moderating let's get started on speaking about the film so before we actually dive into specific questions i wanted to get an understanding of what was the each of your first viewings of the films like right so uh, deepthi if you could talk about how it was watching ayapunam koshiyam Ananta if you could talk about how it was watching driving license and Adi if you could talk about how it was watching Ishq for the first time and what was your what like what was your main takeaway from from that first viewing so let's let's start with Deepthi uh, as a as a guest let's start with Deepthi so Deepthi what was your first experience uh, like watching Ayyappan Koshiyam so i saw Ayyappan Koshiyam in the theater actually it was first day for show in the US so it was like a pretty good crowd in the theater The movie is gorgeous. Um it's mainly set in Attapadi which is like um in the hills bordering Tamil Nadu and Kerala and it's this incredibly gorgeous movie. What really stood out to me was the directorial style like it was like you took Dilish Potan's um style of movies which we saw in like Mahesh and Tondi Mudalam Mahesh and Pradigaram and Tondi Mudalam Sachim and married it to um how do i put it married it to this like larger than life macho style so you have this conflict between like prithvi and bijumenon um who are ipan and koshi and they are constantly doing these larger than life macho lines but it's also about set in this like police station it is about um a certain very specific milieu in kerala so it was like a marriage of dilish potan with this larger than life macho movie style that we talk about um the other thing is um this movie just like goes deep into there are these like really long extended sequences the movie starts with a long extended sequence of this uh, like prithvi with his driver driving through this place who's drunk and then um he gets into conflict with the cop who is ayappan but the heart of the movie for me was by the time we hit the second half of the movie it becomes a movie where i they are no longer just ipen and koshi they become stand-ins 
for their socioeconomic status. And that is what I think like makes this difference. Like it's no longer just like an ego clash between these two guys or not an ego clash, it's a fight between these two guys. It's also their standards for Ayapin represents the tribals who um, have somehow, who have somehow managed over time to eke out like the small part of the world where they have some land, some access to education, etc. And then you have Koshi who comes from this richer part of Kerala. His family's rich. He comes from mul multiple generations of wealth. And it's a, it becomes a movie about exploring that over time. So it just becomes a larger than life movie really uh, than just these two men and ego clashes. Uh, Adi, what did, what did you think of Ishq, uh, especially in, in sort of how it translates that logline or goes beyond that logline of the clash between Sachi and Alvin? The setup for this is, I think, very. It, it is it is actually a kind of city milieu because of the characters involved. But at the same time, in the simplistic terms, it can be read as something you know, something that's uh, masculinity flexing tale. Uh, but it but but it tries to go deep into how this manifests for the two of the principal male characters, and 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 it kind of and and it builds their character over time. Uh, we see uh, Sachi as just um, the sweet young chap who's uh, fallen in love, and also see him as the you know as a daughter child of the family, and and he's given all the freedom that such a slightly middle class or upper middle class family can afford, and. Um, yeah, and it, it's also interesting how we see him having grown up with two women. We don't see a um, father figure at all. And, um, and 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 the plot at the plot level, it's it's, it's something uh, uh, probably everyone in the city has either heard of or uh, or has experienced. And we know um, and we also know about the more violent forms uh, the same act can manifest. You know, within Kerala and or outside, you have all these. Uh, anti-Romeo squads of Uttar Pradesh and uh, things like that, and 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 I thought in at a formal level the film was great in terms of establishing that uh, very claustrophobic filmmaking that 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 can induce uh, a very traumatic experience and can translate what the characters are going through to us, and 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 I think that way it succeeds really well. But though it gets kind of preachy towards the end, it was actually very similar to. If, I don't know how many people have watched, but it's, it's uh, very similar to Sanal Kumar Sachidharan's um, Sexy Durga. Uh, in Sexy Durga, it's, it's, it's about a couple who are eloping and they are forced to hitch a ride with a bunch of extremely uh, rambunctious and aggressive men. And that film, again, uh, induces this claustrophobia within the events in a car. And the reactions for both the man and the women are very similar in how scared they are and how they can't just wait to get out of this situation. And that, that is also because they are probably eloping. I mean, it's hinted that they are eloping, uh, you know, because they are, if it's an inter-caste romance or inter-religious angle. And that is the reason that they feel uh, that they've escaped and have gone and, and are like caught in something else. But here, the, the difference is very, uh, Sachi is, of course, a very privileged individual and he is, his love affair just get, gets immediate affirmation from his family. Uh, and, and I think the way it explored how uh, Sachi and Alvin, uh, I mean, kind of flipped and, you know, the, the shoe goes on the other foot. I think that is kind of the main point of the film. Though by the end of the film, I kind of felt that it, it became preachy. But I think filmmaking really uh, helps in how we glean this from the events. 
uh, of, of course, there are other questions. I mean, that, that, I mean, of course, we can go deeper into it. But this is kind of the immediate reaction that I felt um, in in how it made you feel uh, uh, about uh, uh, about the two characters and also how uh, it induces that traumatic uh, experience to the audience. It, it's not actually exactly a very easy thing to watch. It's a tough watch. So let, let's move on to Driving License, which was also written by this, the by Sachi, who directed and wrote uh, I Abhinam Koshim. So there's a fair amount of similarity, but uh, Ananta, what did you think when you watched Driving License for the first time? I actually watched these movies in the same order that uh, we are discussing today. So that's, I actually watched Ishq and Driving License back to back. Maybe because I saw Ishq first, Driving License seemed very, very uh, lighter. Uh, it was a much easier watch for me compared to Ish. Uh, but uh, I actually wanted to go back and revisit it once again because I saw certain threads in this movie. Like the reasons why we are talking about them today, I saw those threads, but I didn't interact with the movie the same way uh, I should have. So I actually went and uh, saw it again um, yesterday. Driving License is uh, the story of an actor and his fan. It, it presents their interactions over the space of a few days. The power dynamics is kind of switched around. Um, the, the normal power dynamic, if you, when you see in uh, South Indian movies, where between an actor and their fans, uh, it's kind of switched around. It starts like that. The movie really begins like that and begins with almost five uh, minutes of Harindran, the, the, the star played by Tapiraj, on screen playing a character in a movie within a movie. And that's how it starts. It presents him as uh, a macho man and uh, uh, like shows how his fans react to him, which is this common uh, dynamic, right? Then uh, slowly as the movie proceeds, it switches the power dynamics around between him and his fan who's played by uh, Suraj Benjaramuru, which is a very nice portrayal, by the way. Uh, Suraj plays uh, a motor vehicle inspector who actually meets his idol because Harindran loses his uh, driving license and needs to get one at short notice for various reasons. So uh, the movie deals with how both of them react to each other and comedy of errors sort of ensues that forces actually uh, them getting into a conflict. Um, Suraj realizes that he holds uh, a position of power over Harindran at this point and uh, decides to show his power there. And because of whatever reason, right? So those, the reasons why this uh, power dynamic shift happens is kind of the common thread between the three movies. Uh, in this movie, it's, it's Suraj's son who kind of shows his fear when Harindan reacts in a certain way in front of them in a closed setting. And uh, that kind of changes Suraj's outlook towards uh, his uh, hero. And that's how the movie proceeds. Through the movie, uh, we see how they interact, how other people's actions kind of force them to uh, react to each other in certain ways. There's some violence on motor vehicle inspector uh, from people supposedly the Harindran's fans, which is again a common thing that you see uh, in real life. So a bunch of these things are shown very realistically and how they play out in the end is what this movie is all about. I actually love the movie in the sense that uh, Malayalam movies do this in a very different way. They, I don't see any other industry where the story is set in the same within the same industry within film industry uh, without painting a lot of people as caricatures. There are caricatures here as well. Harindran's 
rival in the film industry is shown to be this aging hero who does not like the fact that his rival harindran is doing much better than him and tries to sabotage the career and and he literally comes across, comes across as a buffoon so that is there but in general i don't think any other industry in india goes into and shows the you know shows the uh, throws the spotlight on uh, their own and comes across uh, and makes their movies um, as entertaining and as realistic as they can be so that's something that happens in this movie as well and that's that's great apart from that the the whole power dynamic situation which is the uh, common thread across this movie right i don't think it is as strong uh, or uh, it is as intense a movie as the other ones the other movies revolve around just two major characters here there are other people who actually show up for comic relief uh, do their thing to affect the movie uh, to affect the story and move it along so that way i don't think it was as intense as the other two but it was definitely the the things that you see in the other other two movies are also here the, the one thing that i was quite surprised by with how much whitewashing amma received in driving license actually it's more than the whitewashing i was wondering that if, i mean what happens is pretty realistic right like they want it to be resolved internally and they want it to uh, they want to support their their own uh, star so so i thought somewhere it, 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 it realistic in the way i mean it was not critical but it was realistic in the way that yeah this is what it happened but uh, but much like other things in the film it it was left uh, un- unexplored i feel like not just amma even the fans they kind of resell out in the end where um like you see like or oh, this are, these are the more toxic parts of fan associations the mobs etc and then at the end you have the speech where like prithvi's honor its fans it, and they kind of become very uncritical of amma i think they had their reasons for doing that as well right and the other thing is of course uh, they have they have the actual actors playing uh, these roles so i think i think they skirted a thin line and uh, they wanted to you know not uh, you know not to shut down business for this movie at the same time you know show themselves in decent light probably even a realistic light because again you are still showing uh, another actor going to great lengths to you know sabotage his rival and if some of this is real i'm sure the the other caricature what what he does you know i'm sure there's some amount of realism there as well if the role of the star was originally written for mamuti so they probably when they wrote this movie they made some of these compromises because you can't go that far like with the star of that stature so let's let's get into the let's get into some of the like the meaty topics for discussion right in each of the films there is at least one character either has or assumes some power given by the state right like suraj has uh, kurula has this you know has this uh, driving license inspector thing ayapanar is a cop and then alvin pretends to be a cop for for most of ishk i thought that was a very interesting dynamic that was there in all three films how good of a job did you do you think the the films did in sort of exploring the the disparity in power that comes when one person has access to state power and one person doesn't uh, maybe adi we can start with you because ishk is kind of the outlier here in the, in the in the sense that the the one person doesn't have it he just uses the uses the name 
to get uh, to get that disparity yeah. to create that disparity the way it's shown is uh, i mean it's it, when we talk about uh, all in uh, assuming that power i think it's very uh, important to talk about sachidanandam's stature in society like he's like we talked about it he's basically um, he comes from a from, from a not like a rich family but quite well to do and and a different part of uh, town and he's and, the, and 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 i think someone like alvin realizes that the only way that someone like this guy can will be intimidated by him is if he uh, poses to be a police uh, so it we know as such he is also i mean it's very explicitly shown that he is also removed from the political movements in his college like he does, he doesn't care about all those things so so the only way someone like him can be made to feel intimidated Uh, is by the law and and always as it's understand are sufficiently adept at playing this good cap good cop bad cop routine and and it and it's also pretty explicit that um, this is not their first rodeo they've they've done this before as, as someone someone who's an ambulance driver and who has to uh, you know get up to such his level and try to intimidate him he has to assume that he has the state power uh, because someone of that stage stage is not going to budge to anyone else apart from you know the police only the police has that kind of power to wield over him and 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 so i think that is kind of the, that, that becomes kind of the main point why he has he has to assume that power to get to uh, such a stature and uh, be like an equal and or even be or even tower over him we've created the situation i think this sort of continues on from balaji saktivel's kadal right like we've created the situation where yeah what should be absolutely normal behavior is criminalized because you are now forced to do it in public because you have no privacy <laughs> deepi what do you think about uh, how influence is played right like the, that's the biggest drawing point uh, in terms of state power right like the the equation is flipped in ipnm kochiyum because it's how the state power then sort of is corrupted or melts away in the place of in the face of quote unquote influence the rule of law is subverted because of influence and that's the central point of ayapuram koshiyam uh, or at least they try to make that the central point of ayapuram koshiyam do you think that does a it does a good job of exploring that aspect so what it does is um in the other places in the other two movies like the cop um like what you're talking about dish it is a way to access power it is a way for somebody in a um, lower position to access uh, in a lower socio economic status to access power but what happens in ipen koshi as you said is there is limits to how much state power of uh, somebody in that socio economic status has um so you have a koshi and his dad to um try and strip that power by pulling all the levers of the state but i think what it does different is it's like it frames it as this is why even though that influence means you don't what what you get is less like what ayapan gets in this bargain is less he had he still has an unfinished house he barely has two cents of land like his wife has two cents of land etc and it is a very fragile um settlement because it was very easy for koshi to even strip him of that um protection or that access to power like the first half of the movie is about how koshi strips him of the cop basically kicks him out of the job what the movie does 
is um, it frames it as this is why they still make that compromise, even though the state as it exists and the status quo as it exists doesn't really benefit them. It's unfair to them. They make this compromise because um, the other option, which is essentially go like get into a full out violent battle, which they do in the second half of the movie, um, they stand to lose more. So that is why they still sit and play. They still sit and make that deal with the state. Like that is why the tribals, the Harijans, as they put it, like still make the deal with the state because they, uh, the consequences of a full-out battle, they could, they could probably win and they could probably win that war, but the costs are too high. And um, so uh, the one thing the movie does though is indicate that there are limits to how much influence um, Koshi and like his dad have in the current age that maybe the needle is moved a little. I'm not sure I completely buy that. Like the MLAs do turn him because they are not ready to compromise. It doesn't see state power as something that puts them on an equal footing, unlike the other two movies, but it also sees it as something, as a mediation thing. So it's closer to, the thing, the movie it reminded me of was Action Hero Biju, which it was the same uh, way they showed cops like as a mediator um, and th- you have the same thing in the movie where the SI and the CI and the whole police force the decent ones are trying to just act as a mediator and try to diffuse this conflict without like bloodshed or uh, murder and that's and I think that's its thesis too that that is the ideal way to be a cop like it's not about bringing the heavy hand of the law down. But the other part of it is who has that luxury, like somebody like Ayapin, who does try to be compassionate towards Koshi, it backfires on him and he gets kicked out for um, showing that compassion versus uh, somebody like Koshi who can pull these levers. Yeah, the other thing that was very interesting to me is it really talks about the limits and types of influences as well, right? Like Koshi's influence is not, is, is sort of non-existent really in Atapadi. Uh, it, it, Koshi's influence extends up to like, like the outskirts of Atapadi, right? Like the, he's, he's talking to ministers and reporters and like people who are essentially outside Atapadi and who create sort of global issues for Ayapanayar and for Sati issues, the CIA and so on, so on and so forth. But within Atapadi, right? Like as long as Ayapanayar is able to keep Koshi in Atapadi, Ayapanayar wields all the influence because the large guy uh, listens to Ayapanayar, the, the abundant tea stall guy listens to Ayapanayar, the, the constables who are posted for protection listen to Ayapanayar, not to Koshi. So uh, the, it shows the limits of sort of a global influence and where it stops when you're ha- when you're locally and stuff. I thought that was done. I think that really was one of the the outstanding parts of uh, Ayapinam Koshim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, I, I mean, I mean, or probably it's very similar to what Deepthi said. It, I, I think the point is different uh, with respect to state power in Ayapinam Koshim is that 
the the return of the land the return law of the land is one thing and this implementation is totally another like someone like koshi i mean when when he when he suspends ayappan from uh, the police force he is not doing himself any favors and uh, the the creation of lawlessness is what gives ayappan the power and his turn as mundur madan uh, is what starts the flow of events uh, his avatar of as a cop is wholly uh, a wholly planned by the state to suppress his natural urges because within the implementation of the law he uh, he will never allow for uh, some things to happen the way they happen so 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 so, so i think the, the introduction of lawlessness is, is is basically to create that kind of a level playing field where uh, the whole ayappan and koshi the, the, the battle can be actually happen and there's another thing that i want to talk about ishq uh, which i missed is that in in ishq you have all this very uh, uncomfortable part of uh, harassment that all all men that that course of events have but if you actually think about it actually uh, i mean i mean it is harassment of course but uh, he 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 never goes all in like he never he's he's never going to commit an actual crime because he doesn't he knows that he doesn't have the power to get out of it if he actually gets caught and and that, and i think i think that that is a very important point because his his main uh, i mean his 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 fun is totally from looking at these people came in front of him and and it's not actually to attack the woman or it's not actually to attack her in the way uh, sachi and vasu uh, for obvious reasons fear uh, so so i think that's a very important point because he's, he 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 knows that if he actually commits a crime of of that nature he he's never going to get out of it it's it just him catching a niche of trying to uh, harass these people and be on an equal terms for just a few hours to extend on like the global versus local at a party like and that is why like they make a big deal about the fight actually ends up happening in tamil nadu like that is the it's what ayappan gives koshi it's like you know your classic duel thing like hey i challenge you to a duel but i will choose i'll choose the place and setting and i think what the movie really says is you don't really you have duel between people of equal standing you don't you really can't have a fair duel between people who are not equal so um you can't have it in a party where it obviously like famous ayappan but not can you have it in kerala where out, even in a party there are limits to ayappan's in, um influence like koshi's the powerful guy so the only way they could have this fair duel is take them where the state which is the kerala state has no influence and that is go across the border which is where the three movies are different from each other right uh, if you if you take a look at the like the classic conflict situation in ishq you see that he goes to uh, the house of the guy who harassed him uh, but then once he is inside the house to me it seems like he holds the upper hand because uh, the guy who harassed him and his girlfriend actually is in fear of his wife coming to know about everything so he kind of realizes that he holds the power there uh, whereas as you talk about in ayappan and koshil they are literally their what the, the final conflict so to speak happens where both of them are equals uh, and whereas in the in in driver's license it the it is technically supposed to be a place where kurivilla holds all the shots or calls all the shots but it turns out that the place is public enough 
in the sense that Harindran's, whether he wants it or not, Harindran's fans show up and they kind of switch the uh, whole uh, scene where they actually start or Harindran starts holding all the uh, power there. Uh, so I think I think that's that's something interesting that the, the three movies did in the way they showed the uh, final or the the, the how, how the final conflict uh, unfolded. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is I wanted to talk about driver's license in one way is that again in, in all these three movies, right? So in in Ayapan and Koshim, I see anger as the uh, trigger, while I see in uh, trigger for the conflict itself. Whereas in uh, Ishk, it's actually lust. That does what it does, uh, but here it's it starts in in driver's license. It starts when Harindran's pride is what um, sets off the whole thing. And in Kurvila sees that his the love of his life, uh, one of the loves of his life, his his son uh, is threatened or feels threatened by Harindran. That's where his instincts kick in, and he starts confronting uh, Harindran in the only way he knows, which is to exercise his power. Up till that point, uh, you see or it is shown that while motor vehicle inspector Kurvilla holds a lot of power, in fact, he tries, he actually tries to barter his power for uh, uh, movie tickets. But then the next sequence when the guy who sold him the tickets shows up, you actually see that he doesn't seem to do anything wrong. He still treats him the same way that he would treat anybody else, which means that He's being very straightforward, upfront with what he does. But the moment he sees that uh, one, he sees Harindran needs something. Uh, his love for Harindran sort of makes him forget what he has done thus far and actually uh, makes him start bending rules. And then again, seeing his son uh, react in a certain way to Harindran's, not, not anger, but threatening Demeanor that uh, Harindran adopts when he gets into that room, that kind of sets him off and brings him back into sort of the straightforward way and then pushes him along to start exercising the power in ways that he's not supposed to. We, we started talking about all of the personal relationships that sort of drive the films. Let's start with the influence of women in, in each of the film. I think uh, the, the dynamics are quite interesting especially given how some of like how the women are used to drive the plot forward they they use them in sort of very very different ways start with driving license i i wasn't sure what to feel about the way elsa i think which is uh Kruvilla's wife the way she was portrayed she's she's i think she felt a bit caricaturish like of the serial watching constantly gossiping uh overstating her husband's achievements type wife that you know you 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 see in uh in a typical middle class sensibility movie i i, I was thinking of like a, a role that kovai uh, sarala or somebody would play in a v sagar film right like that's what that's how she it felt like she was she was created uh, ananta what are your thoughts about the influence of women it's, and i think in driving license it's primarily the wives what what do you think about the influence of the women in driving license feels a little odd that the two uh, women characters have actually been given treatments that are on either end of the spectrum, right? Uh, Harindran's wife he comes across as uh, someone who's very level-headed. She tries to temper her husband's outbursts, so to speak, uh, 
for example, there's one scene where his friend Johnny Perigodan comes in and, uh, you know, um, Haridharan puts his leg up on the couch to ensure that this guy is actually sit down. And she notices that and, you know, makes him, like, gives a look to him, look at him and makes him take his leg off and, you know. So she kind of shines, I mean, she kind of keeps it real for him, so to speak. Uh, but on the flip side, it's Kurumila's wife is responsible for a set of missteps that kind of escalate the situation when they could have easily been de-escalated. I mean, in some ways, she's also responsible for the police uh, realizing that not everything that they see is, you know, the way it actually is. She kind of overstates a bunch of things. As you said, right, she talks about her husband's achievements in some ways, which are not rooted in reality, um, to put it lightly. And uh, some of these, the, some of the things does, that she does definitely are caricature. So it's, it is a disservice uh, to the character that way. But, but I guess, I think it could have been handled, handled definitely handled different way. It's pitch yes. for comedy and it also drives the plot forward. So I wouldn't say it's bad per se. It just felt, oh. it felt a little one note. Yeah. Yeah. I think the issue I also had with that is the way Kuruvilla talks to his wife is also not the warmest way. Like you see, I, I think you see him push her away. He's always telling her to shut up. And it, it feels like they, they're doing this thing where, um, you know, his, you, you're having this movie about pride and anger and his pride. And they're almost justifying her deceit uh, like her being such an airhead to justify the way he treats her because he doesn't really treat her with that much respect that's exactly right so it also seems like she's trying to get uh, or get validation from him right when 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 she sees when when everyday life as you said he puts her down puts her down at every instance possible and it also almost seems like when he's silent and she thinks he's hunting for words to speak, she kind of chimes in with something that she thinks will help him and ultimately get validated, but it doesn't help it. I mean, it, 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 goes, the other, it goes the other way. So let's, let's go to Ayapinam Koshyam. And I think th- that the phenomenon of two wives, each polar, like each polar distance is apart, right? Like that also exists in Ayapinam Koshyam, right, Deepi? Well, I think the one thing that helps Ayapinam Koshyam, it, it does a better job with it. I think one thing that helps is um, in driving license, one wife just disappears off screen, um, like halfway through. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. And while I put in Koshi, the two wives are there. So um, the one thing I saw, I put in Koshi like a week after I saw driving license. And what I thought was Ruby um, is like what a fleshed out Elsa would be. Like somebody who is in the house, her only worth is... So Ruby's Koshi's wife, um, her only worth is being stuck in the house, um, looking after the family. Um, she has nothing else going in her life. And there is this conversation about like, um, Koshi says the reason he's staying in Attapadi, the reason he's staying, uh, he's trying to finish the co- uh, conflict in Attapadi is because he wants to protect her and the kids. Um, and he wants to make sure because he doesn't think she can handle it. But on the other side, you have this dynamic where throughout you see 
she is suffocated in the house. Like um, this goes to a, she has this rich mansion. She is living in a lot of wealth, but she's also suffocated. Her daughters are also suffocated because of the grandfather, essentially. Koshi's dad is such an intimidating presence and he's a very violent presence. So it has this conversation about who is really free and who is really, like which system actually empowers the women. On the other hand, you have Ayapan's wife is Kanama, who is, again, it's the same dynamic of he's trying to protect her and their kid, but she is um, somebody who is free. She is out there. She, she eggs him on also. Um, but, and she is somebody who's out there fighting for rights, fighting for the, this thing. She is very independent, probably. I, I think the most independent, Ishkul has a bunch of independent women, but she is incredibly independent. Like the big massy scene before the interval is her basically like it's, it's a really great scene where she gives it back to Koshi. Like Koshi comes to their house and like um, yells, uh, does his own whole macho act and she basically like yells at him telling like his mom, um, it, it's better for his mom to die than live with having raised such a son. There is this huge contrast about what kind of society actually values women. Is it really about like just giving them wealth and keeping like, is it the dynamic where protection is just essentially just putting them in like a castle, so to speak, and just trapping them in a castle or where they're allowed to like roam free and have their own independent identity outside. I mean, that, that's an important distinction, right? Like there's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, sometimes it's very easy to say that uh, Ruby is powerless, but, but at that home, even Koshi doesn't wield that kind of power. But at least when you, when you look at Harindran, uh, you might think that there's a lot of parallels between Harindran's wife and Koshi's wife. Uh, but at least Harindran is, he's the head of the household. But uh, over, over, in, in Koshi's case, even Koshi doesn't have that kind of influence. I think Koshi, like the women actually are never just one thing, right? Like, like I, the, one of my favorite scenes in Ayapurum Koshim is that, you know, the, the, the lady constable, once, yeah. when, when the news report comes out, she's being, she's leaving the police station and one of her uh, constables is accompanying her to the, to the bus station, uh, to the bus stand to drop her off. And he says, uh, why, and as she's leaving, she sees a large crowd and she's kind of like, you know, her head's down and she's a little disappointed. And he tells her, like, why is your head down? You didn't do anything wrong. Raise your head and walk out of the station. Uh, and then literally, like, one second later, Koshi comes to, like, sort of give her a half-hearted apology for getting her getting her caught as collateral damage in his conflict. And she has a sort of pretty strong dialogue back to him. So, like, the woman, like, it's not like a, a character is not just one person in one instance, uh, in all instances, right? Like, they, are, they react differently to different situations. And like that level, I think that that was quite well done in, in the sense that it's not, they're not just one person. Ruby is not one person either. Like eventually it is she who basically tells her father-in-law, like, hey, I'm talking to my husband, like, give me some space, right? Things are never just one thing, you know? And so uh, from that perspective, I think uh, Ivan Koshim is definitely a, a more nuanced view 
uh than uh, yeah. than driving license and so sachi's clearly evolved as a writer since both the movie came at the same time i was wondering that you know they they're just mounted in completely different levels like they didn't want to go deep with a driving license and i i mean in in almost every every part of driving license you can say that you know this is left unexplored the elsa's character is left unexplored uh this uh, the the kind of uh, amma's power and how they function is left unexplored but everything everything becomes you know it it it, it, it everything takes an epic status and it comes to ayappanam koshyam so it's almost like kind of a course correction that uh, okay i didn't do any any of that in driving license which otherwise i might have done but then okay let me take this film and do the same thing how i see it as is like ayappanam koshy starts with driving license and it's like driving license you it's essentially for the most part both of them are playing on a level field uh, or the movie uh, or taking turns like the movie things um Harinder, uh, not Harinder. Um, Kurvilas' um, uniform gives him, puts him on a level field with um, Harinder's um, power as a star. And then at the end, like of Dragon License, that was a very well executed scene. Like Harinder has this like big moment of victory, uh, which is like a classic hero. Like I was thinking of like the Bazigar line, "Hard ki bhi jeeta hai," whatever. and he has this like big moment of victory and then it's immediately damned when he realizes that the person who actually really faced the consequences is kurvela like the driving inspector ayapan koshi i feel like starts at that like it starts with that as the concept that the consequences are in the same form both really it and it's just an exploration of that about how um the people around them get uh dragged into the conflict and how it spills over definitely a more nuanced film than driving license so as an evolution i think it's definitely moving in the right direction so let's let's come to let's get to ishq where you know uh, we are, we are led to believe that the woman is the central reason for the conflict in ishq but as is always the case like when two men fight about women it's rarely about the woman so uh ali what do you yeah, think about the role of vasu ginishk <laughs> i think the only i mean possible uh where you can actually maybe talk or delve deep, deep into it is uh, such such family and how he is how he has the kind of mother and sister that he has uh and uh, what kind of sanction that gives him but apart from that i think uh, it 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 takes the very uh, easy route or it takes a very um, you know very common i uh, think that we see uh, that uh, the women uh, someone like masu is completely uh, uh, is kind of uh, disappears off screen like even even in the central conflict and in the central scenes though i think it's 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 in, it's in, in a way uh, important that uh, unlike masu uh, you have uh, alan's wife front and central uh, in 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 what uh, sachi does in their home uh and and i think i think that 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 way i think it kind of um, it kind of reduces the film in the sense that uh you, you know in, in the end it goes all you know it talks about more, the encourage it talks about moral policing and it talks about uh, everything that happens in kerala uh, uh but at the same and then you have the whole dramatic um, middle finger scene which totally did not work for me at all and i, I and i think it, it it became a what do you call it it, it just it has it was telling something that the film actually didn't go for it at all right from the beginning so 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 that way i think um, 
the women in uh, ishq are not as nuanced the makers were never interested in the uh, in in those characters the way um, uh, the other two films actually had like even timing lessons for example yeah we're given sort of that token flip off at the end of ishq right uh at least it's honest in that sense the whole movie was not at all about her and then in the end you try you try to you try to get a reconciliation and she's like no this was never about me so what are you like you were never concerned about me uh, but i think the interesting thing about me when i was rewatching ishq is that once you watch like there are certain things that you notice during the rewatch because you know how it how it turns out you even the smallest things that sachi does you, like take on a completely different color like for example when you're first introduced to him he wakes up he's talking to azu he comes outside and he he just asks his mother for a cup of coffee right like like he's owed a cup of coffee from his mother like he can't go make the coffee himself yeah. or uh as he's leaving his house with his sister uh, like his group of friends are going to go beat up somebody because they did something to their sister to someone else or something like that and he's like yeah like give him two beatings from my side as well or something like that right he says that uh, and his sister also says yeah yeah that's a, that's good uh, give him a few beatings from my side like those kind th- those kinds of reaction typically come from like feeling a sense of ownership over the women it's more about it, it feels more like a property dispute than it feels like a like a concern for the person who might have had uh, something bad done to them you know i think like seeing the women as property is the correct diagnosis of moral policing so i think that's the connection the movie was going was trying to make and this is where i think like the movie isn't crisp it's it's almost like a test of what do you get from the movie is what do you yourself think it's 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 leaving it all to you to interpret the last 30 minutes if if you want to see it as yes sachi um gets the revenge um you can interpret it as that yes she flipped him off but still it on it gives him that like moment of happiness and joy at having gotten like executed like gotten back at alvin and then you have the other piece of it um uh, or you can be just like squeamish the whole time about the way he treats Alvin's wife etc so i think the movie is too vague at times the gaze of the movie the camera yeah yeah and 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 i think uh, that, that 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 is uh, especially stark uh, if it's going to be about moral policing and this moral policing is that's what is uh, to consider women as property uh, i i think um, that that is that, that sometimes comes at odds with what um, what alvin does or 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 rather alvin did not do like i, I like sachi is obviously more violent towards the women and the child uh, in those scenes and that's why they are um, always in our view uh, whereas i think in 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 a case of uh, what alvin wants to do was he just wanted wants to uh, show who he is to sachi uh, and i think that kind of um, so who, who so so it so it kind of takes a different meaning of who what were the intentions of these two men and they were not always the same um, so so that that's kind of uh, uh, there's a kind of dissonance there uh, in in the film yeah so let's not i mean now that we've talked about the women let's talk about let's talk about the like the relationship to other characters in the film right uh, i think the the very 
uh, interesting relationships with uh, that the sort of the feuding protagonists have with other supporting characters in the film. Uh, I think one of my favorite characters is is the uh, the circle inspector, right? The Satish in Ayyappan uh, Koshim. He is sort of an yeah. audience point of view, uh, but he gets to play both uh, conscience for Ayyappan uh, and he plays like a hype man for Ayyappan when he's talking to Koshi. So he's like uh, giving him the background of who, who, how Ayyappan is Mundur Madan and all, the, all those dialogues are delivered to him, right? Like Ayyappan doesn't have a punch dialogue himself. It's usually Satish delivering it on his behalf. Uh, so I thought it was a fantastic, it's a fantastic use of uh, a person who is both the audience point of view as well as like the person who breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience. So it's, it's a very, very well, well-written character. And I wanted to see what folks thought about uh, like the relationship of the main feuding protagonist with other protagonist was with other characters in the film. So let's start with Ayyappan Koshim. Uh, Titi, what did you think? So, yeah, as you mentioned, like Sadish had a very specific role as conscience. And then um, Koshi, I think, had these like dueling, I won't say father figures. So you had his actual father who was this strong, abusive, like this patriarchal figure. Um, which is uh, very popular in Malayalam cinema, especially like a certain brand of 90s and 2000s Malayalam cinema. Um, um, you uh, in Korean John, and he, a lot of the movie is about Koshi trying to figure out how to resolve this conflict while controlling him, making sure he doesn't interfere and he doesn't bring his level of toxicity into um, into this conflict. And in that sense, like Koshi's arc is interesting because it's like a coming of age story where um, yes, there was this period where um, Koshi went away to the army and uh, probably to escape his father, but then he comes back from the army and he's back in the same dynamics. And this is when he is finally able to emerge from his father's shadow like he literally puts his, gets his father arrested so that he can handle this on his own terms. Um, he can find a way to get um, Ayyappan his job back. And um, that was interesting. And then the other part of it was Koshi's relationship with his driver, where um, the movie has, shows an affectionate relationship without romanticizing it. Like there's this like really brilliant sequence uh, where um, Koshi, like, he sees um, Ayyappan destroy Kuttamani's house and, like, beat the crap out of him and almost kill him. And Koshi's clearly shaken at that point. Like, I, that was the first time he understood um, how, um, how powerful Ayyappan is. And he is this, and then uh, the driver, like, sits in the car and drives it in because he's, like, like you're scared, you're like, uh, he goes like, Bayamana, Bayamana. Um, and um, it's, and Koshi's trying to bluster through it, but he can't. So um, it, it, uh, it still shows that even when there's some effect, like he's the calming, he's the only calming influence in Koshi's year. 
uh, while like his dad, his friends um, are all trying to push him into this conflict and to like completely destroy it. And he's the only one telling him, no, you need to step back. This is not fair. Uh, you need to step back. You need to step back. And that was a very nuanced, interesting relationship also. Um, for Ayupin, it's like you have, the, it, the, so the other interesting relationship was then you have Ayupin and then you have like the young firebrand, um, what is a CPO, um, I think his name was Sujit. Um, so who is essentially acting as Ayupin's spy and on Ipen's side, he's the one egging the conflict on. He's the one assisting Ipen, and the circle inspector is basically running around circles trying to um, douse it and keep it under control. And there's like they almost played for humor, where you have the circle inspector like really frustrated that he that his own people are working against him because of their loyalty to Ipen. There is a battle between. Uh, Koshi and his driver and also Harindra and his driver, right? Like it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's not uh, explored in similar ways, but the relationship seems very, very yeah. uh, kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what, so Harindran's driver is also sort of a father figure for him in the sense that uh, you see him try to offer uh, uh, sage advice, uh, which not often gets heard, but the, at the end of the, and towards the end of uh, the movie, he shows his full uh, anger at what he sees is happening and actually tries to take uh, take control. So in, in some ways, they are, they do share a similar relationship and you see them uh, both pretty much living in the same house. The, the day after he drops off his wife at the airport, you see them literally sleeping in the same room, uh, albeit in one in the couch and one on the floor, but it is obvious that they share the same kind of uh, relationship. It's not explored that very well in uh, Driver's License. And, and, and I think that's because there's a lot more characters who jostle for screen space. That's why I think that did not happen. So you have uh, this bumbling friend who's intent on milking the situation for his own political needs. And yet it, it seems a little odd that uh, Harindran uh, being that uh, much of a uh, you know uh, strong personality that he has still kind of indulges his friend in a way that uh, seems kind of illogical in the sense that uh, so he knows that this guy is going and talking to the media he's presenting things slightly in a, a, a different way than it should have ha it happened and even even when he knows or he's able to he's he's able to guess that some of his friends' actions is what has put him in this spot right now, but he still does not go hyper on him the way that he goes uh, on uh, Kurvila for that matter. What was interesting to me in Drive's license is like Harindran has sounding boards, which yeah. I don't, Kurvila doesn't have. Like he has no sounding boards. He has friends, clearly the neighbors who help him take care of his family when he's dealing with all of this but he doesn't really have a sounding board, somebody he can turn to where, where I think like talking like the Amma actors and the driver, they all act as sounding boards for him. That's the interesting thing, right? Like when you're, when you acquire a certain stature, 
you're able to build it, it's almost a requirement that you have a bunch of people who will you have you're making a bunch of important decisions and so it's almost a requirement that you have a, a framework or a group of people or infrastructure that help that will either play devil's advocate or act as sounding boards like you said bt but the average person who's you know on the average day to day job like it's not necessary that they've thought about the the need to create that for themselves uh, create the infrastructure to have a sounding board like they they either whatever decisions they make they make by themselves with whatever little data they have and they either live or die based on the consequences of those decisions and so it, that was quite interesting to see that that's one of the what that's one of the benefits of just having an uh, unequal power structure is that you have all of this in uh, additional infrastructure to buttress your decisions when you have like buttress when you have to make important decisions right uh, so it was quite uh, interesting to see that so we've talk, uh, any other uh, major characters in driving license that you want to talk about ananta so i i want to talk about the sun because that's one character that again ayappan uh, koshim also is driven by the father son relationship in in a major way uh, here as well uh, there is that relationship uh, but the, the the way they want us to look at that relationship is quite different uh, in ayappan koshim the father treats the son with disdain which is what causes the son to kind of revolt uh, but here it's it's almost the son treats his father as his hero you there's a very nice sequence of them sitting inside this makeshift tent that the uh, that uh, kurula's son has created and they're talking about uh, his experience in school while uh, the driver's test was uh, being administered which for some reason was being shown live on tv which is kind of illogical but whatever right um, they're talking about it and the kid pretty much has given up that his father can come out of this looking as heroic as he was in his own eyes uh, before this all started and that kind of triggers um kuravilla to take the steps he does when he meets harindra next so i think i think that the son father relationship was handled very i mean it was handled very nicely in uh, in this movie and and it 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 again it 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 is the trigger for a lot of things and in a very different way than it happened in ipo i i i loved that relationship so let's let's talk about ishq uh, i think the if if there are if there are uh, other male relationships that drive the that drive the uh, conflict in ipo uh, negotiation and in driving uh, license there isn't one in ishq at least on sachi's side right uh, the yeah, yeah i mean on sachi's side it's definitely missing uh, and i think um, i mean i i'm i'm not really sure like how much to read into it uh, it's it, it's um, i mean i'm not sure if it's actually trying to make a point that it has a has any lasting influence the fact that sachi doesn't Sachi's have a male behavior. role model. yeah exactly and 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 if if anything uh, you have uh, you have you have a support system around sachi that is probably male like 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 he is 
he is well off enough and he has a, uh, he has strong friendships and he has people who lend him his, lend him their cars and and and, and all those things and he so he always has that kind of a support system and uh, you just see uh, it's it's more about who are these people and uh, and, and what uh, sort of society they come from than you know than an actual relationship like um, and then so, so so you see just so so the film is really about just two of those events and 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 it and it is just punctuated by uh, some of the scenes where we just get uh, a, a, a probably a nugget of the daily life of these two individuals and and we see that uh, sachi has these kind of friends and alvin has uh, friends uh, like alvin has the uh, the local tailor and the auto drivers as friends uh, so so i think it's more about Uh, uh who are these people then you know the actual relationship that is that exists between them so one thing i would say there is like i i hear it a lot i think sally field had the hey if women ran the world they won't send their sons to wars etc so like there's this whole um concept that hey the problem is about how you raise um your kids that like how you raise your sons so to speak and i don't know i don't think this was a conscious point that the movie is trying to make but it's not really um there's only so much influence his mom and his sister have on sachi because this emphasis on friends like it's also about like the larger society it's about your status yeah. um, your status among your male friends and what that status entails like alvin both alvin and sachi the way they talk to their friends is in this very show off um it's it's almost like a competition of like who is the most manly masculine thing that's how they talk about it hey, if you're going to beat up then i have to tell you to beat is a beat up somebody i have to tell you to beat the person up more or the way um his friends talk about his wife um alvin's friends talk about his wife um etc so it's this like this i don't i don't know whether it's conscious but there's this like whole conversation about this is also about how male society like influences people and makes them um Uh, validate their worth in terms of how manly they are right uh the ish leaves a lot <laughs> open to interpretation <laughs> uh which I, yeah, you know i mean yeah, it's very difficult to tell how much of it is you know uh, i mean we can of course keep reading into it but uh, it, 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 it's a bit like that like how, how much of it is conscious and how much of it is not really but it's there like his his sense of entitlement is yeah, there, there like yeah. they're very clearly through the entire film right like when you are the when you are the man of the house and you've been told you're the man of the house and like you treated that you treated that way by all of your friends and so i guess you have there's a sense of entitlement that comes with that so it, it, it i actually think it's there in the film uh, and so that's it, it's Uh, it's it's quite interesting i think that's what makes ishk like thinking about these things is what makes ishk as a film interesting otherwise it it's a pretty flat film otherwise but it is very difficult to watch so, for me uh, deepak so i i i i, I again no I, no i think that it's it's un, it's unknown it's made to be unknowing i mean it's pretty intentional yeah. also right yeah i mean the 
it's the, no no i meant in terms of i meant in terms of plot not in terms of filmmaking it's not a flat film in terms of filmmaking so it does right. a really good job of bringing you into the actual situations on the shots like it's devised pretty well like you know, right. you you know how small that maruti's and or whatever the red color car he's driving is like it's right. you feel that very closely when you're watching the film so it's not bad filmmaking but in terms of the plot it's a pretty flat uh, like there's only two or three like like adi was saying it's structured around two really two flash points really in, in terms of actions uh, yeah. so that that's what i meant to say no and, and also seems to be uh, uh, the probably the movie that's most rooted in reality of these three uh, in terms of you know how the script and the story plays out um, sadly and uh, um, and that that is also one reason why it, it is very unnerving whether you're you're sing your 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 single and you're there with your girlfriend or you're married and you're with your wife uh, that's i mean that that's why it's very unnerving like every in all three films someone snaps right like in uh in ayapram koshyam it is ayapanayar who snaps in driving license it is kuruvilla who snaps and in uh, ishq it's sachi who snaps like there, there's sort of a like a mental break that happens for each of the characters in for at least one character in each of the films and like it, it's hard to take driving license as a film itself seriously because the film doesn't take itself very seriously it's sort of played very lightly it doesn't go very deep into the issues it's trying to explore Agreed. but in but in ayapuram uh, koshyam and in ishq the snap seems like it's 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 very it's very sharp in relief right like you can very clearly see the snap when it happens but it's portrayed very differently in ayapuram koshyam than it is in ishq so in ishq you clearly are forced to take the side opposite of sachi when the snap happens so you can see he like you, you know very clearly what um uh, what sachi is doing is wrong but in ayapuram koshyam you you don't really go like you 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 realize what ayapanar is capable of and you, his character sort of built up larger than life but you don't really feel like you're not rooting against him still even after you find out that he's sort of acting in in sort of a slightly deranged manner right like when you don't respect the law of the land and you don't like you have no respect for consequences and stuff it's still pretty dangerous uh it's still pretty a dangerous it's still a pretty dangerous attitude or situ- uh, attitude to have or a, a pretty dangerous disposition to have and but you never root against ayapanar because you've seen what koshi is capable of and you you, you know that the, the the whole idea of influence and subverting the rule of law that stuff is so ingrained in us as a film watching audience that you're like oh great finally now someone's up to the level of koshi and now the playing field is level and so you're never you're not rooting against ayapanar so the snap is used in very very different ways in in the two films i thought do you guys agree and sometimes that's the whole point of fish right it's kind of uh... Uh, and uh, you, you know, it's 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 structured in a shoes on the other foot way but it's it's, it's the same case for us like we start um, we we don't root for anybody but we have a sympath- we get a kind of we sympathize with alvin situation at that point and and i think um that is the whole idea behind it is and that is kind of uh, i mean it it of course brings in the whole uh, i mean i think you're already in your fourth point about uh, the difference in politics uh, between the two people to men uh, so it's it kind of um, 
uh, flips in a, in a way that you see the difference come to the fore. Like even if it was subtle till that point, it and ends up uh, you end up realizing that why it is so and uh, uh, what exactly drives um, Sachi to uh, drives Sachi to uh, do what he does. And 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 and, the thing, and, and so nothing we justify, nothing we see justifies Alvin's behavior uh, in any way. Uh, but but we just realized realized the yearning of for that misinformed power and why he needs to show why why he needs to put on a show and pretend pretend to be uh, a man of law to 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 wield power over in people like uh, Sachi. And when when he but when he when he thought, uh, but but. Uh, one might think that Vasu's words is what drove Sachi uh, to do uh, uh, to do things that he did, but 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 what he ends up what actually ends up happening is he sees no societal sanction uh, for Alvin's power. If, if Alvin was really a police uh, officer, there is probably very little Sachi could have done. Like he couldn't have done anything. Uh, but but once he learns of the fact uh, that he's an ambulance driver and he learns. Uh, where Alvin lives and where he comes from, and he sees who Alvin's friends are, uh, who um, Jafar Dudki's character is, and so 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 that way, I think Ishq uh, centers uh, the two individuals in in very. Uh, I mean, it's not exactly black and white, but but it it makes a distinguish it dis- distinguishes between them in very very clear terms, and which is also why the whole. Uh, the moral policing angle and uh, the, the women in the films, uh, the, the, the way they are uh, treated and they, the, the way they are treated as characters becomes disingenuous. Of course, they can talk that this, this, it, it, it's all related uh, in a way, but but at the same time, uh, it, it doesn't uh, sit in the whole, uh, you know, the whole, it doesn't come into the canvas of the script that uh, uh, elegantly or that organically. But but the way it, it's built around these two individuals and their uh, difference in uh, socioeconomic status, I think that is very very clearly drawn, and that comes off, uh, and that that's kind of the most rewarding part of part of part of the film, apart from of course the the filmmaking. Yeah, uh, so that actually is a sort of seamlessly transitions into the discussion around the politics of the the two main protagonists, right? Uh, whether it's espoused or not. Uh, let's start with driving license. I, I don't think there's any explicit call out to this, yeah. right? Like the in fact, in fact, the, I think the only uh, politics that you see there is you know cinema in the sense that uh, you, this this would be a movie. Uh, you could set this movie in Tamil Nadu with you know the kind of uh, uh, fan superstar dynamics that you see here and the only politics that you would see is actually you know if the him versus another person another fan of another superstar so i think that's the and you know in tamil nadu that goes across you know economic stratus it goes across you know ideology it's it's the adulation of the superstar that's what it is that's the only politics that you actually get to see in this movie otherwise you don't see anything at all in that sense, it's very light. I would really, really like a movie where Ajit plays Harindran's character. Like the the racing driver loses his driving license would be a fantastic movie to watch. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Anyway, 
so uh, let's talk a little bit about ishq again in ishq it, it, the politics are there but the politics are the filmmakers politics none, none of the characters themselves have their own sort of politics i don't think uh, adi deepthi do you guys agree yeah i, I mean that, that's uh, that's uh, i mean that's accurate in the sense that like 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 i said uh, we see that uh, such is kind of completely removed from any of those uh, events like like i think there's even a very throwaway scene that happens where this, there is a huge rally or a huge protest or something happening in his college and he just he just drives out of it and he's he's completely unrelated to any of those things uh so so that way i think uh, it's intentional to keep it that way and uh, it's not about the politics of the individuals themselves and it's more about uh, i mean i mean of course even when it comes to class difference it's, it's, it's political in nature but we don't see the individual the beliefs of these two individuals in any explicit manner which i think and the fact that uh, that the characters have explicit outward political overtones in ayapuram koshim sort of adds a layer to the to, to the to the conversation there uh, deepi what do you think um you have um um his wife um ayapun's wife um is i think she's a member uh, she is an activist she's clearly an activist there are references to how um uh, people just agitating for their rights get framed as maoists all the demands so that they can't agitate for their rights anymore equality and um ayapun is also um an overtly a uh, political figure like in the lead up to when koshi sanjay like you see ayapun sit and um use his position um to a uh, fight for like what who he sees as the disenfranchised like uh, when he sees um the whole conflict about kutumani is like kutumani exploits um a dalit into like stabbing somebody and he makes sure that kutumani is the one who goes to prison even though he's not the one who did the stabbing or how he fights against an mla for um a guy trying to build a wall around his house so um it is very explicit and i think the other part of the politics of it is um ayapun actually loses stuff so koshi in like he loses his job he loses his house he uh, like his house is broken um his um his uh, wife ends up on the run because um she there was like a false case filed against her for being a maoist so uh there's this thing of like how the polit- how politically what it is the states for uh, people in a lower socio economic stat- status it, the states are higher like it is actual livelihood and it is actual um living while um uh, for somebody like koshi um or or who benefits from the status quo the states aren't that high like it is only when the real threat of ayapun um um uh, killing him rises is when the states really rise for koshi otherwise like worst case he spends like 10 days in prison and we have this whole system built to make sure that even when he screws up he doesn't really get punished for it so um it is very explicit about 
um, who is the in-group and who is the out-group in the state and how the states of what seems like an even fight changes depending on that. It's, a, it's, an, it's, it's a movie that's very, very explicit about equality and trying to fight for equality. Yeah, and that's actually what made the ending a bit of a cop-out for me. Like, I didn't like the, there's like a post-denouement scene where uh, Ibernard is posted in Katapana and stuff, which it, it rung false. Like, the movie should have ended with Satish pushing Ipanayar in, into custody and saying, uh, your order isn't here yet, but it will be here, right? And it should have left it. I thought the film would have been that much better if it had actually been elevated, but they just they just went for some crowd-pleasing stuff to finish the film, I think. Uh, so that, it kind of lessened the movie a little bit for me, uh, uh, the fact that they actually decided to do that that bit of audience service at the end. But otherwise, I completely um, agree that that the film, uh, that the characters themselves have very strong political views. Uh, the film is somewhat centrist in the sense that it, it says that that uh, that you you do need to find a way to coexist. But uh, it, it very clearly is still, I would say, a, a left leaning film, a film that is very much on the side of. Uh, people who uh, who tend to get the short shrift uh, in, in sort of in, in, in cases of power imbalance, I think. And I think the one thing with that is, I open I open actually starts off as a guy who's looking for the compromise. And I think the politics of to extend on your point, the politics of the movie is that the only person who who can really make the system work is the person in power, like. Um, there is no point to Ayapin trying to compromise and trying to make the system work because it just gets thrown out. Like he gives an inch and Koshi takes a mile almost with it while Koshi's the one who who has to use his influence to find that compromise for coexistence. Like it's the burden of privilege. Yeah, exactly. Which is is what makes it a, I think, a centrist film. Uh, so the, I think we've covered a fair amount of ground in terms of dissecting the films. I, I wanted to say, I think now some very uncritical evaluation time uh, of the three films, uh, which is the best film and which is the film that you would most likely rewatch because oftentimes those are not the same thing. So let's start with Deepthi. So Ivan Koshi... Um, it's the best film for me. Um, it, it is It is like, a, I think um, with the rate 2020s going, um, it may end up as one of the best movies in 2020, um, considering uh, it is the one best one to year date. Uh, Ishk uh, is the one that I don't want to rewatch, which to like Ananta kept saying, it's a very uncomfortable watch. So um, it, it is the one that I don't want to revisit. I, I will probably still end up like revisiting Ipan Koshi. Um, driving license might have been like a little too light for me. So, uh, I mean, I agree with that in the sense that I, I, uh, I mean, there's no contest that Ipan Koshi is the best film. Uh, but uh, this, uh, the second best film is definitely Ishk, but I don't think anybody wants to rewatch. Right. I, I mean, like I, I would rewatch Driving License. Honestly, it's a it's a lark. 
and i think suraj is very good so uh, i i wouldn't mind rewatching actually like suraj is very good and prithvi is very good at the right time i wouldn't suraj mind actually had a wonderful year last year he had uh, android uh, kunjapan and android uh, oh that's right he had you that and android vikriti oh and vikriti oh my god yeah he had a really good he had really good he did he did have a very good 2019 that's right uh ananta anything else to add no I, that's all so uh, i am definitely not going to be able to watch ishq uh, and 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 you know what i'm actually happy that i actually picked up the movie first thing in the morning because i otherwise i would not been able to sit through the movie at all i mean i really fresh nothing else in my mind so i was able to, i had the space in my mind to take it in um but i'm not going to do that again and uh, i might revisit apple and koshim because again this it seems to be a movie where there's more nuance so i might have missed something i missed a few things that i probably want to catch on again um but like you said right if uh, driver's license is playing on tv i might definitely sit and watch even if it's going to be just parts because yeah it's 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 a lark there's lots of light entertainment out there in it so i think i might watch it anytime it comes on tv but sit down and watch like i because i want to watch it it's going to be i think all right uh, i think that brings us to the end of the episode uh, deepthi thanks so much for making time to chat with us thank you no thank you uh, this was uh, and for everyone out there uh, please do watch all three films though uh, as as everyone said ishq might be a bit of a tough watch but it, it's definitely worth watching at least once and then of course driving license and ipm koshim are uh, both very good as well uh, and i think the consensus favorite for uh, between the three films is uh, ipm koshim it's on amazon prime it's excellent uh, please do please do watch it and hope you guys had fun listening uh, look forward to having you back for another episode thanks bye Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the Other Banana podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Other Banana, where we occasionally conduct quizzes and engage in mocha discussions with our listeners. You can find us at www.whereistheotherbanana.com and also on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're still listening, we also want to plug our cricket podcast in the network, 81 All Out. You can find us at 81AllOut.com, at 81AllOut on Twitter. and also on iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. If you call yourself a foodie, first please stop calling yourself that. Then go check out our food pod at Nerd Kitchen Pod on Twitter. We'd love to get your feedback on what we're doing there as well. Until next time, this is Deepak aka Complicator signing off. Hope to see you back.